Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. Hey, everyone, this is Jim Baker from Doing Ministry Well, and you're listening to Engaging Missions. Welcome to the Engaging Mission Show with Brian Ensminger. We are bringing missions home. Each week, we hear from missionaries, ministry leaders, disciple makers, and church planters as they share about God's work in their lives and ministries. Like us, they are ordinary people who serve an extraordinary God. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show. I'm your host, Brian Ensminger, and today we have Nathan Walters with us. He's a writer, a photographer, an adventure seeker, and more. He's also the director of The Bold Adventure with Mission Discovery. I like how The Bold Adventure kind of bridges that gap between your typical 10-day missions trip and a full-time, lifelong commitment to foreign missions. And I also love how it can provide a powerful discipleship experience while also providing deep immersion into other cultures in a relatively short period of time. But that's enough of me talking. Nathan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Nathan, I've given a little bit of information about what what this ministry is about and, you know, kind of how you're approaching these these trips. Can you kind of fill, put a little flesh on that as far as how you're how you're ministering and what's going on there? Yeah. Um so basically, uh Coming into missions, my I guess my introduction into missions was really a trip to Africa that I took. Uh, it was my first time out of the country, um, and and that trip kind of nailed it for me. I knew that uh, you know, it was a short term trip, only a couple weeks, but I knew that there was you know something there that I wanted to do, um, and and I felt called to that. And so, like a couple years later, I I went on a trip with Mission Discovery, which is a short term missions agency that I now work for. Um, and, and I left that trip, it was to Mexico. Um, and I left that trip kind of feeling like, uh, there was this question in my heart, like, what's next? How do I, how do I move forward with this? And I wish so much that, you know, then, you know, that was years ago, but then, you know, that there was some sort of program or something that I could get into and, uh, and, and, uh, move forward into the calling that I had as a missionary. And there wasn't anything that Mission Discovery had for that. And so I kind of just spent, Five years praying and, and uh, staying on call with them, uh, and then you know after I I uh, jumped on board, I was able to uh, kind of put together something for people with that question. You know, what's next uh, for me as a missionary? And so uh, that's really what the Bold Adventure is. It's a it's a seven month uh, mission trip, basically seven month discipleship program and mission trip. And so each month we'll go to a different location. Uh, and the the hope and the goal is that uh, along as the you know participants or students or whoever they might be are going on this uh, on this trip, they'll find you know whether it, if it's education or if it's 
food and water distribution or um, or English as a second, they'll find whatever it is that's kind of sparking their flame. And then, and then hopefully, you know, as they get back into the States, uh, we can line them up with some schooling and things like that, uh, that will help them pursue missions even further. And so it's kind of like that next step up between the, you know, I went on a mission trip and I thought it was really cool. Uh, and, and be like, okay, I'm in this full time. So it's that step in between there. <laughs> so you're talking about spending, you know, seven months, basically, I think a month in every country. Do you, do you spend all of that time outside the States as well? I do not personally know the way that it works is that we have, um, we have team leaders, uh, and those team leaders are actually rolling through with the, uh, with the others, uh, it's purely a discipleship model. So the team leader, there'll be two of them, a, a guy and a girl, and they'll be, uh, I guess, quote unquote, discipling mm-hmm. the others, you know, in the group. And, and so the hope would be then, you know, some people in that group would come back and say, well, I want to now take that discipleship, you know, mentality that I learned and pour into others' lives as well. And so they would go on to lead, be the next team leaders, you know. And so it's kind of a cyclical process there. Uh, and uh, so I won't actually be going with the, uh, the participants, but um, because I've got to be back here kind of directing all of the teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the teams do have leaders with them that are pouring into them. So. so as we're talking about this, you're sparking all kinds of questions about the ministry that I want to ask. But yeah. as, as we're thinking about this first section, I really kind of want to continue to keep the focus on, on you for right now, just kind of sure. getting to know you. Yeah. As you think about your life and your ministry, is there a meaningful quote or maybe a foundational scripture to what you have going on? You know, so it actually goes along with my, I guess, my story. A lot of people, you know, because I, I do, I lead a lot of these short-term trips as well with Mission Discovery. Um, and so I get to tell my story a lot. And we're really big on story, like mm-hmm. uh, where God has got us on this journey. And so like, where are we on our journey? And and kind of what's God doing with us and how does that play into the world around us? And so, um, really, I guess, uh, I, I can't really share the quote that I, that I really want to share without going through and telling, telling you about myself a little in depth. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So really, um, when I was nine years old, my mom, I grew up in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, and back then, like, Gang violence was really high. Baltimore, D.C., and Richmond actually had the highest murder per capita rate in the country uh, in 1994, which is the year that kind of claimed my mom's life. Uh, mm. so she was in the wrong part of town and um, just gang initiation stuff. Uh, these guys just unloaded on them, uh, her and my dad. My dad survived, uh, but my mom died that night. And so um, moving forward into life, that kind of, you know, uh, you know, of course that crushes a nine year old, but, um, yeah. So, uh, but, but really, you know, as I look back, um, you know, one of the biggest things and, and the thing that I stress a lot with people that I meet is that, uh, nothing, absolutely nothing is wasted with God, that God can redeem everything in our past. And, and that is a tragedy. Uh, but God can redeem that tragedy and make, get something beautiful um, and, and through Mission Discovery, through the teams that I lead, I get to share uh, my mom's story with a lot of people and uh, that kind of just keeps her alive to me, you know, and so 
Um, I guess there, there were a lot of years there in middle school and high school, a lot of times when I just felt lost, you know, I, um, just a lot of, uh, upsetting, mm-hmm. uh, things were happening. And, and so, uh, and without a mother to run to, I really didn't have, uh, much to, to, to come home to really. Yeah. Um, so, uh, then I was, it's crazy. I mission discovery does these, um, these fundraisers every year. These, and one of them is a banquet. So we had this banquet a couple of years ago and I, I'm a, like a, an engineer almost, you know, I, I kind of run sound, you know, I kind of at those things I like to hide in the back and, and stay away from like all of the, uh, the tables. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> so it's like full of meat and there's a lot of people and I don't do well with a lot of people a lot of times, you know? And, and so I just kind of like hide in my introverted corner back there behind the soundboard and, and, uh, and this guy ran in real late and, and he was, you know, doing a, a song that night. So I kind of plugged him up, set him up and everything. And he went into a song and it was a song that he had written. Uh, and this guy's name was Benji and he had written this song and I'd heard it before. Uh, but I never really paid attention to it before that night. And it's the song, um, I am redeemed, uh, which is, I think big daddy weave does it now as well. Hmm. Um, and, and there are lyrics in that song uh, that just, I, I melted behind that. I was not safe, like in my introverted cave. I melted behind that soundboard, you know? I was like uh, just arrested by the Spirit of God in that moment. The, the lyrics that he sang were, um, when I hear you whisper, child, lift up your head. I remember, oh God, you're not done with me yet. And it, and those lyrics, even now, I'm getting they're so powerful, like, uh, the idea that that God is just not done with us, you know, that all of this, the the pain and the and the and the tragedies that go on and in our lives, we, if we're just reminded of that, that God's just not done with us. We've got a lot left uh, to give, and and the story is not uh, finished. And so that verse, you know, I, I guess that's my kind of um, my go-to verse in the Bible is. Uh, is Philippians 1 6. And it says, And I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished. And um and yeah, so that's really kind of where my where my where I draw my uh strength from uh as far as quotes or verses or anything. That's kind of my go to. That that's good. You know, as I'm thinking about that that story that you shared normally about now I'd be asking about a challenge that you faced or something like that. It sounds like you've probably already done that. So what I'm wondering is kind of the follow-up that I very often don't get to ask, what has God done with that since that time? Um, wow. So since that time, uh, there was a lot, uh, I think, um, God has used that story in many, many different ways. There's something powerful, you know, uh, when you can say, you know, and I'll give you another story just to, yeah, uh, just to share it. So, uh, my friend Teresa, uh, she was a student and she was with us in Mexico one year and she, um, her, I, I lead worship as well. And so her pastor had asked me up to Wisconsin to lead worship for, uh, their winter retreat. So if, and I would say, if you ever have a chance to go to Wisconsin for a winter retreat, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> be prepared. 
Uh, no, it's, it was really fun. Um, but they, so I went up there and I led worship for this thing. And Teresa, would, you know, I remembered her from Mexico and we kind of, you know, just, uh, you know, clicked and, and got to know each other a little better. And that week, later on that week, I was still up in Wisconsin when um, I got the news that she had been in a car accident with nine other girls in an SUV and just kind of flipped it and they hit ice or, they, you know, something crazy. Well, uh, three of her friends died that night. Oh. in that car accident. She was a high schooler and uh, she was resuscitated. She died twice that night. She was resuscitated. Um, and I got to go visit her as I was on my way to the airport. Got to go visit her at the hospital and pray with her. Uh, one of the most meaningful moments of my life. Well, later on that year, I got to see her again. I went back and led worship or for the next year um, and, uh, and sat with her and she was you know, I, I saw so much of myself in that moment um, mm. as she was just kind of wrestling with it and, and dealing with it and, um, and, and saying, I don't know, just, uh, I don't know, she was lost, you know. But being able to say, you know what, Teresa, I know this person like I've been this person and I totally get it. The idea that we get to say that that I can come to Teresa in her like darkest moments and uh, and be able to say you know what me too um, is a powerful thing. And so as I think about like what I've been through in my past, you know, I, the most meaning I can gain from it is that I get to go and come alongside other people that have uh, that have been going through similar things and just say you know what you're not alone in this. Um, I'm living and I'm here and I've been through this. And, uh, and because I'm sitting here in front of you today, um, that means you can live through it too. You know, you can make it through this. So, uh, that, that's, I think, uh, the most meaningful, uh, thing that I gained from that. So if there's somebody who's listening to this right now and they're going through one of those experiences where they're crushed and they're having what I think of as kind of a why God experience, you know, why God did this happen or that, what would you share with somebody in that situation? Um, it's really easy to, uh, to go into a situation like that. And, and the first question that comes to mind is why, like it, and I think a lot of us do, you know, whenever something really tragic happens, we run to that, you know, the age old question of like, if God is so good, why would he allow this terrible thing to happen to me? Yeah. You know, why do bad things happen to good people? And I think it's just a, it's a, it's a tricky question. And I don't think it's a healthy one to ask. I don't think it's very helpful because we'll never get an answer. And even if we did get an answer to that question, even if God showed up and said, well, this is why. Would it help us in that moment? Like, would it ease the pain? I don't, I don't think it would. So I don't think why is a helpful question. Um, I think the better question is the way that I try to look at it is like, um, do I trust God? You know, in this moment, do I really trust God? Uh, because I know that I'm not going to get that answer, you know? And I just, that's the only thing I have at the end of the day is, is I do trust God with it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah. As you think about your life, and this is 
I think we're going to kind of tie a bow on this section and, and take a break in just sure. a second. But do you have any personal habits, anything that you do regularly that you believe contribute to what God's done in your life? You know, uh, well, of course, prayer. <laughs> That's yeah. like the the, uh, the number one Christian answer, I think, you know. Um, but I, I'm actually uh, uh, writing a book kind of right now based on all of the um, – the the mission experiences I've had, I've got a website and I have a blog there. So I'm kind of rewriting a bunch of my blogs into this book. And, and what I'm finding is that really the things that I find in my blog is this idea that I, I get to wake up and I get to choose, you know, certain uh, things. So I think I make certain decisions. Um, I think it's like a spiritual discipline I have. It's like to actually choose to seek beauty or to choose to follow, you know, the different choices that we have during the day and being very intentional with how we spend our choices. And I think that's kind of what I've, I've done. The habit that I've gotten, you know, fallen into is like stopping in the moment and like pulling myself back into like a more objective stance and trying to take myself out of situations and actually choosing, um, uh, remember that bracelet that said, what would Jesus do? Yeah. Well, uh, as corny and cheesy as that was, it's like kind of, a, a, it's got a great point, you know, what would Jesus do in a situation like this? What did he do? You know, what can we learn from what he did? And so I, I just make a very intentional effort to to make good decisions during the day. And so the book that I'm writing is called I Choose, and it's got about seven to ten of those uh, choices that I kind of wake up um, and and uh, make every day. So Cool. Well, with that, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will shift our focus a little bit away from you as a person and more toward the ministry and what you have going on there. Great. Take your leadership to the next level. It's time for the Engaging Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. Hi, it's Scott McClelland. Thanks for joining us. Once again, I want to mention, if you have questions or feedback that you'd like to give regarding the leadership moment, please do so. You can email me at scott at fxmissions.com or um, reply on the links that are visible to you here in this podcast or web format, whatever you're using. Let us know how we're doing and feel free to ask questions or give answers or mention anything you'd like to. We hope we're a blessing to you. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about something relative to the concept of missions that I find a lot. Often when I'm talking in churches or with individuals, I talk to a lot of people who have a sense of missions and something that they have from God that they should do there. And thank God for that. I'm super happy to find those people and be an encouragement to them. That's one of my main purposes in life. Um but the first question I ask that or those persons is, do you have a passport? Uh, you would be surprised, as I am, uh, I think, the number of people who have a, f a feeling that they have a calling to foreign missions, but they don't have a passport. And uh, they don't have the application, and they haven't applied for one. And this is a necessary step if we're going to go outside of our country. Thankfully, in our times, uh, the passport from the United States is pretty well received around the world, but it is necessary if you're going to travel abroad. So 
I want to encourage you, if you feel a calling to the nations and you don't have your passport, get one. Make application, spend the money. Shouldn't be very difficult. Follow the list, you'll get it done. The second part is, if you have a passport and it's expired, get that thing renewed. And let's get this uh, show on the road, as they say. Yeah, I want to encourage you. Get your passport if you have it. Make sure it's renewed. Make sure you have enough time on that uh, passport to get that trip done that you're planning. And get out there in those nations and have an impact for the gospel. And be impacted for the gospel as well. This is Scott McClellan. Thanks for tuning in to the Leadership Moment. Contact me or us at fxmissions.com or on most social media outlets at FX Missions. Have a good one. This has been the Engaging Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. If you have a leadership question, please send it to feedback at engagingmissions.com and visit fxmissions.com to connect with Scott and discover how you could be involved in short-term missions. All right, we are back with Nathan Walters. We just heard some amazing things that he shared about an experience in his childhood and then how God's used that experience. Uh, we're going to shift our focus now a little bit away from Nathan as a person and more toward the ministry. So Nathan, as we think about what's going on in the present day, you're the director of The Bold Adventure, and there are other organizations that have similar things. We have Youth with a, Youth with a Mission or YWAM where people go away and they go through training and they go on outreaches. We have things like the World Race, where people take about a year and go do stuff. Can you share with us maybe some of the things that make the Bold Adventure different and how somebody might know if this is the right thing for them? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, when, you know, the Bold Adventure wasn't my idea. Um, I think it was a, it's a great idea, but, uh, but the founder of Mission Discovery really asked uh, me to take control of this idea that him and another uh, person had had, which was the bold adventure. Um, and uh, I went into it reluctantly at first. <laughs> I did not want to do it. Um, and the first thing that I was tasked with when I took over was, uh, was drafting a mission statement. And I'd never done that before. Um, so I, I, there was a night uh, where I was like, you know what, I'm bearing down on the staff meeting coming up and, and we've got, I need to do this, uh, mission statement before we get there. And, um, I was challenged with that. I was challenged with this question of like, what in the world makes the bold adventure different? Why does our CEO or, or founder of mission discovery, why does he want, um, this thing? And, uh, and it, and I sat there and literally I worked on this mission statement until 10 at night at the office one night and, um, and just kind of like groveling, you know, with, with the complexity of what the heck am I supposed to do with all this? And, and so, um, and I'm looking and, and searching and it wasn't until I really started, you know, I kind of stopped and I prayed and I was like, Jesus, show me what this is. You know, if you've placed me in this chair right now um, and and I'm supposed to do this thing and I believe it's from you, then you have to show me what this is. And, uh, and he did. And it wasn't until I realized or, or he showed me that this was a uh, discipleship program 
but the focus wasn't necessarily on going to different places, you know, and, and doing different ministries with it. I mean, that's certainly part of it, mm-hmm. but he kind of brought me back, you know, to the central idea of like this thing is a discipleship program. And I'd had experience with the discipleship program called master's commission oh. um, in the assemblies of God. And uh, I wasn't part of one, but I helped lead one. And, um, and so I'd had experience with that and kind of like it all clicked when I realized, you know, that, you know, Jesus, does, he commands us, he says, go and make disciples. Um, and, and so that clicks with me. Like there was a moment and during the year that I was um, volunteering with uh, the program, the master's commission program. Um, and, and there was like, I, I was in there and I was kind of like, I was fumbling around. With, I was leading worship for a couple different things and traveling, and I was really busy. And I, um, I couldn't really afford to eat. the The program was like paying for my college, but I and my dad was like paying two hundred dollars a month for my rent, and and I was like I I couldn't work, so I didn't have money to eat. And uh, and then somebody mentioned to me about something about fasting for like an extended period of time. And so I was like, that's perfect because I can't afford food right now. So, <laughs> so I fasted for 40 days. But I was actually like seeking God for a few different things. My yeah. sister was having a, a tough time with, um, with, with some things. And, and so like I was seeking God and I was fasting. And, uh, and dude, if you ever, I don't know, I can't stress it enough, like fasting changed my life. This, that moment, you know, in my timeline, uh, when I was in college, you know, just kind of like not only like skipping food, but making sure that at lunchtime I took a break and I went into like this closet and I prayed and, and God kind of like made me feel a little bit full physically, but like spiritually fed me as well. It was this moment in time where I fell in love with Jesus and I hate, I, I know how churchy that sounds or folky or whatever, but I can't explain it in any other way than like this thing that I'd been carrying around for years and really confused about. Suddenly it, it just, it, I don't want to say it made sense, but it became like real and tangible and heavy. Um, you know, and I, and I really did. I fell in love with Jesus. And so, uh, I, I attribute that, love in that moment uh, a lot towards the the discipleship program master's commission that I was kind of involved with at the time. Um, And so the idea of like seeing that happen uh, with other people and somehow playing a small part in that uh, really gets my, uh, gets my juices flowing. I don't know. I like it. So (laughs) you mentioned that you, you were maybe a little bit reluctant to take this position. How did God confirm that this was the thing for you? There was no one else. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there. Uh, I mean, we were there were a few of us at the table, and uh, the question was, um, "So who can do this?" And there was dead silence for like no kidding, 45 seconds, which dead silence for 45 seconds makes it feel like five minutes, you know, it's like crickets in the room. And and so finally I was like, okay, I will do it. And, um, and so no one else did it. Uh, I guess that night, uh, that I was just praying about the mission statement, um, was more of like the, 
the solid answer that I got, you know, like God was definitely leading me in this, in this area. So, um, but, but at first it was just like, I was the only one to, to say yes. So hmm. what, what's been your biggest surprise since you started this? Since I started the boat adventure? Yeah. Um, my biggest surprise I've, you know, I think the biggest surprise would be just how hard it is to get it going. Mm. Uh, I think, you know, for, for me and probably for many of us, like when we feel this call from God, um, it's, it's like a thing that um, we expect to take off and like, well, God's got this under control if I, you know, and certainly that <laughs> happens sometimes. I think that does. And, but for me this time, it has not happened. It's, it doesn't, it feels like, you know, I'm kind of, um, in the trenches a lot of the time, kind of wading through mud, you know, and just like this thing just won't seem to take flight. Uh, and every time I seem to get a lot of headway, uh, and I say I a lot, um, yeah. but, Really, there's a team of us, but every time we seem to get like a, a little bit of headway, um, there's another obstacle. I, and I think that that's not a bad thing. I think that conflict has a has a lot to do with story, and so there's going to be a great story that comes out of this. Um, but there, you know, I just think that it's been surprising um, how just how difficult it's been, you know, to start this thing and to see it take off, see where God takes it. So. When the times do get difficult, what is it that keeps you going? Um, you know, it's been different things and different people at different times, mm. you know. Um, and not related to the Bold Adventure. That time I was talking about in college when I was leading, you know, I was leading uh, worship for a couple of different things. And, uh, and I was stressed out. And I, I mean, I was taking like a heavy class load and I, I was just like stretched thin. And, uh, and, and I was like packing up my guitar one time and I, and, and I saw him come through the door, you know, of the chapel that I had just practiced in this guy, a friend of mine named Dave. And he said, you know what, man, I was just thinking, I was walking by here. I saw you in here. I just want to stop by and was just thinking. And then he like laid out this whole like truth for me and like <laughs> very practically said, here's how you can tackle all of these things. And it was like, I wasn't even praying at the time. You know, I wasn't even admitting that I needed help. And God just kind of showed up in Dave and, and said, here I am. And I know you need help and don't refuse it, you know, and it, and it helped. Um, with the bold adventure, it's been the same thing. Like, uh, there are these little nods of encouragement every now and again, you know, as I go through, uh, the, the everyday, like, uh, grind of trying to figure out what's next with this thing. Mm. Um, th and th so there's always people that kind of come in and say, this is an awesome thing. You know, just when I'm thinking, man, this thing is not awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this thing is like everything but awesome right now. Somebody comes along and says, man, this is so cool. I wish I could do it. You know? So, um, so most of the time it is people. Uh, and sometimes it is scripture. And so there, there's just different things, different reminders, you know, that God is beside me in it. So you, you did mention that you have a team and I would assume that there are also people outside of that specific team who are 
supporters, partners, prayer warrior, prayer warriors. How do you get those people involved? Um, you know, Mission Discovery is known for the short term, you know, mission trip that mm-hmm. they do. You know, they do like a seven to ten day mission trip for people, and so um, we, you know, of course, we prom- we do promotional stuff during that time, and and so a lot of people express interest and and uh, and kind of. I would say that's how we probably garnered the most uh, attention toward prayer and donations and all of the different aspects of the bold adventure. Um, so probably is through those trips, you know, cause they're year round, you know, yeah. discovers always doing these trips into, into different places. And so, um, and we take youth groups and uh, church groups, college groups, you know, so all kinds of, all kinds of people uh, when they come on the trip and that, you know, they're, their kind of missional heart is sparked. You know, they, they see the bold adventure as something that's like, uh, a lot of times something they wish they could do. A lot of times people are just not in the, not in the place in life where, you know, you would be able to do that. So. Yeah. And you know, I, I was actually on a couple of mission discovery trips years ago when I was considered a young adult at the time. And I remember thinking, this is really powerful. I wish that we would have done this when I was in a youth group. So I can definitely echo that, how it definitely impacted my life. I I have just one last question as we kind of bring this section to a close, and that's this. If you could do it all over again, is there anything you would do differently? You know, that's a great question. There's not. I don't, I can't think of anything that I would do differently. Um, I think, you know, uh, I think that everything that has happened so far in my life, uh, has not been void of meaning. I think that, uh, there's meaning in everything. And so, uh, you know, to, to go back and, you know, do a, Marty McFly and back to the future thing. It's, it's like, I, I don't think I could change anything because I'd, I'd be too afraid of what may be different today. And I really like, you know, where God has me right now. Um, and I, and I really like what the future looks like, you know? Uh, I think that, uh, I don't know. I'm just really excited about, uh, what God's going to do through the bold adventure, discipleship and, uh, it's, I'm, I'm stoked. So I can't think of a thing that I would do differently. Uh, everything that has led me to where I am today has been a complete, uh, a complete redemptive move by God. Um, he really has redeemed so much in my life and, and placed me where I am. And so, yeah, I couldn't do it any different. Well, that's a great answer. And with that, we are going to go ahead and bring this section to a close. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus one last time toward you as the listener. As we come into the home stretch, that's going to be our focus. Wondering what's going on in the world? It's time for a quick check-in. This is Engaging Missions from the Field. I have Scott McClelland on the line for our From the Field update this week. It's been a little while since we've heard from him as a guest, but he has made some regular appearances on the show by offering the Leadership Minute. Now, just a few weeks ago, Scott came back from a a trip to Nicaragua, and I wanted to get him on to share a little bit about what's going on in his ministry and what happened on that trip. So, Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Brian. Uh, Good to be with you again, and uh, we appreciate everything that you guys have done to help us get the word out about 
all the things we're doing uh, at FX Missions. So thank you. We did have a great trip uh, to Nicaragua. This is, I think it's number six uh, for us on an annual event we do for young leaders. And so we, uh, it's great to be back with some folks that we've met over the years. And we, uh, we really had what I think was the best event yet. I'm kind of reticent to say that because it, <laughs> it sounds like marketing speak, but uh, I really, I really think that, uh, it was very effective and maybe we went to the next level. So I'm thankful for that. That's great. Now, as I think about a, a leadership trip like this, I, I'm assuming that there's probably some kind of outcome that you're looking at that you're going, wow, this was pretty effective. Could you share a little bit about that? Well, there is, and it's twofold. With, um, I think with most short-term missions work, you're looking for a specific outcome for the people who are going on the short-term trip, and then you're looking for a specific outcome for the people who are participating in whatever ministry you're doing that typically is local people. So you're, you're looking at two real objectives, if you will. And, and sometimes I felt like I've done better on one than the other. And, uh, but this time I think it was a really good balance. We're looking to encourage across the board. So we want the people who come to be a part of the team that conducts the ministry. And this time that was from the United States and Mexico. Uh, there were five, I believe, from Mexico and four from the U.S. who went to Nicaragua. And so it's uh, important for us to to see those guys encouraged in their missions contribution and seeing their personal contribution, you know, be effective and meaningful to them. And then with the local young leaders that we're attempting to encourage, we want to see them equipped to step into higher levels of responsibility and those kinds of fruit uh, come on as time passes. So we uh, we can't immediately analyze that, but we'll yeah. watch the lives of those we've been you know impacted and see how their leadership goes. So that's our that's uh, <laughs> that's what it is. It's a little bit maybe confusing if you haven't thought about those things before. But we're thankful, and and it it looks like there's a lot of promise with the activity we did. Well, that's great. Now, Scott, if somebody's listening and they're going, wow, I think I might be con- like to be connected with what Scott's going has going on in the world, where would you point them? Well, the first place someone could go would be to our, uh, to our website, fxmissions.com. Uh, this would give them uh, the ability to look at and, and review things that we've done uh, over our trips. We've taken quite a number over the years now. But just to get a feel for what we are doing and what we're about, I think that's probably the the uh, the quickest way. We also are on Flickr. It's about ten thousand trip pictures for people who are fans <laughs> of pictures, and we also are on Facebook and Twitter and a number of other uh, outlets like that where people could get familiar. So almost anyone, uh, you know, whatever the person's favorite outlet is, is they could find us there and and get a look at what we're up to. Wow, Scott, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. We love hearing what God is doing wherever our guests are ministering. If you're connected to a former guest and would like to hear the update here, let them know about this segment of the Engaging Missions show.
All right, we are back. This has been a wonderful time for me getting to know Nathan Walters a little bit better. We just finished up hearing about what he has going on in his ministry, the fact that he wouldn't actually do anything differently if he had it all to do over again. Now we're shifting our focus one last time away from Nathan, away from his ministry, and toward you as the listener. But we're going to draw on his experience. So Nathan, I know that most of the people who listen to this show are in the marketplace. They care about missions, but they feel called to the marketplace. What would you share with somebody who is called into the marketplace, but they're starting to wonder if what they do really matters for the kingdom? Mm. Mm. Man, that's a great question. Um, I would say, first off, that the beauty of the kingdom of God is that it's just, it's right here. It's in the marketplace. That's uh, it's right in front of us. I think, uh, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, the, the choices, the intentionality that I make or that I take with my choices is like, um, Jesus talks about, you know, bringing the kingdom of God. You know, he says it's, it's, uh, it's right here. He says, uh, in, in the Lord's prayer, he says, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I think like the, 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 we, I don't know if we, maybe a lot of people have heard this, you know, the idea that the kingdom is right here, but it's also far away. I think that the idea uh, that Jesus is really trying to portray here is that we can, you know, with every decision that we make, we can either, you know, proclaim the kingdom of God or we, or we don't, you know? And so like every decision throughout our day, we have the opportunity to say yes to the kingdom or, or no and push it away. And so like, um, so for me, you know, practically, does that, what does that look like? You know, as I'm driving down the road in Nashville, we have these, uh, these people that are down on their luck. They had, they don't have homes or maybe they've chosen a homeless lifestyle and they've, they're, they're selling these, uh, newspapers, the contributors mm-hmm. and they're, and they, they sell them for a dollar. Well, you know, they wake up at 5 a.m. or earlier to go to the news place and get those things and, and go out to the street corners and sell those. So, so a simple decision to like just give them a buck or two and buy a newspaper that gives them um, dignity. You know, they're actually earning that money and they're able to go. And some people have even, you know, afforded places to to uh, live off of that. So, I think you know, for people in the marketplace, um, or or you know, people with the nine to fives and things like that, is you know, I worked in a restaurant for years while I was. Uh, doing part-time mission discovery. Um, and, and so I really found that, uh, you know, being the only, one of the only Christians in the, in the restaurant is like, uh, it's a powerful statement. And I did not always choose the kingdom. You know, I did not always, you know, I, I was not, all, I did not always watch my language. You know, when we had a rush, I did not always, you know, um, uh, keep the sweet potatoes off the ground. I slung <laughs> them places, you know? I mean, it, so, uh, yeah, there, I think there are just really choices that we have to make every day that, that are, um, that can bring the kingdom of God closer to people. And, uh, and people notice that stuff. People notice, Hey, there's something different about that guy or girl. Um, and I wonder what it is. And they ask, people have asked me, you know, like, uh, just what it is, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I tell them. So, um, if they asked me, I know they would ask anybody, you know, cause I'm just a scraggly looking, you know, uh, dude on, in East Nashville trying to live his life. So, 
So, so if somebody who's listening is thinking, you know, maybe God is calling me to something more vocational in ministry, something more full-time, maybe something similar to what you do, what would you share with them? What should they do? Um, you know, uh, you call me <laughs> or get in touch with me, email okay. me. I don't know. Um, uh, we can, we can figure, uh, something out. And I think, you know, for me, my, uh, one of the things that I'm really uh, feeling pulled towards is the idea of number one, I want to live a better story with my life. And I think to live a better story with my life, uh, I encourage others to live a better story as well. And so um, if I can be a resource and, and help point you towards some or point a listener towards somewhere, you know, uh, they might feel, you know, led to serve, you know, then, then I want to make that connection. Um, come on a mission discovery trip, you know, first off, if you've never been, you know, out of your culture and, and seen, uh, the way that God can work on the mission field, um, that's a great way uh, to get involved is just to look on the website, missiondiscovery.org and see if there's something that kind of calls out your name and, and, uh, and you're drawn towards and then just come and, and, uh, and see what it's all about. What would you share with somebody who's looked up one day and they be, they're beginning to realize that their neighbors, their coworkers, the people they see at the grocery store are from somewhere else, maybe a different religion, maybe a place where just a couple of years ago we thought that we send missionaries there? Mm. Um, yeah, so the more I travel, the more I go to different cultures, the more that I find that uh, this whole big globe world of like mismatched you know <laughs> things and people and be i mean the more we're all just alike you know um the fact is strip away um strip away all the labels that we have you know the human brain is so so crazy we we label everything and then we make judgments on those labels and so i think for me you know to to jump outside of that and like um, just at the end of the day, we're all human. And if we're all human, then we're all the beloved sons and daughters of God. And so if we can look at each other like that, you know, I think it's a powerful thing that has the, uh, the ability to, to change us. You know, Um, I, you know, I, and here's something different. It's not, not about race or where we would send missionaries. I, when I was hired on the mission discovery, I would told them about the neighborhood I live in, which is East Nashville. It's kind of a progressive neighborhood where I, I being the Christian, am like in the minority. Um, and uh, and even my roommates, you know, my I love my roommates to death. They're not Christian, um, and their kids are not Christian. And so um, I just I find it really uh really rewarding to to look at my life and see where god has placed me and Mm. and know that you know uh, i have roommates now that would have nothing to do with church or christianity um but uh they have told me you know that uh that if i I don't want to brag about myself, but I, they see a Christianity in me that's different than they see in other places. Um, and, and they like that and they're drawn to that. And so if we can kind of just, 
I don't know. I love what Bob Goff says. He says, uh, I, I've learned to just, uh, to just love people and stop trying to fix them, you know? Just love on people and don't try to fix them. Just love mm. them and, and let that be the language, you know? And so that's what I've really aimed to do with my roommates. That's what I aim to do with all my friends in East Nashville that aren't Christian, uh, that don't look like me, you know, mm. um, is just love them. Don't fix them, you know? Is there maybe a book or a resource that you'd recommend for our listeners? Well, Bob Goff, uh, that, the, the person I just quoted, uh, his book is called Love Does, and it's just a bunch of short, crazy essays that, you know, he lives a life that you wouldn't, I mean, the things that he does is like, man, I don't have, I don't have what it takes to do all that, you know, but <laughs> uh, he, he's, you know, a great uh, resource. Really, the, the missional book that really changed my life was, um, or changed the way I view missions and kind of go about it all is called uh, When Helping Hurts. And I can't remember who it's by, but it's a very popular book. Um, it's called When Helping Hurts. And, uh, you know, I guess I could look it up real quick, but. Oh, that, that's okay. Actually, this, yeah. this is the third time I think that that book has been recommended on the show. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, and you would think that me being, you know, the short terms mission guy, you know, who works with Mission Discovery leading one week trips, that book really comes against that idea, you know, against the idea of like going out into a culture and, uh, and just doing for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I love about Mission Discovery is that we're really, you know, we do lead short term trips, but we ourselves are partnered with these, uh, organizations outside the country for a long period of time. And so, uh, you know, for some people it is a short-term trip, but for, for us it's really a long-term investment that we're into. And that's what I think I love about the Bold Adventure too is that we're investing long-term in these uh, future missionaries. So, And I think you also mentioned that you have a book of your own coming out soon. Can you share that with us? I do. It's called I Choose. Uh, it's just a book of uh, basically blogs that I've written, I'm rewriting them and putting them in a book. So it's, uh, and, and breaking it, breaking everything down into like seven to 10 major choices that I, I choose every day that kind of like lead me into more of a, uh, uh, a deeper walk with, uh, Christ. And so that's called I choose. And then I've got a memoir coming out later on, but, uh, okay. this one's the first one. So. And I'm assuming you'll make that available on something like Amazon, someplace people can yep. order it. It'll be uh, it'll be both in soft cover and it'll be yeah, Kindle editions and all that stuff. So, uh, and that's coming out in January. So, excellent. For those of you who are listening, if you're interested in any of the resources that we've mentioned, including a link to I Choose, which will be published, I think, by the time this goes live then you can stop by the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Nathan Walters. We'll have all of that linked up for you right there. So if you're driving to work or something like that, don't text yourself. Just stop by the show notes and find it there. Now, Nathan, we are almost done. Would you mind sharing with us maybe one last piece of advice and a good way for people to connect with you? Then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, one last piece of advice. That's a that's a stumper right there. Uh, I've learned so much just by being on the show. Um, yeah, I well, first off, you can get in touch with me on uh, on my website, nathanwalters.org. Um, and so that'll keep a basic update on my life. As far as a 
uh, a piece of advice. I would say just, um, you know, I think what we were talking about earlier, uh, if you find yourself in a situation of like complete darkness, just understand that you're not alone. You're never alone. Um, and, and just a little bit of light can help guide you through. And, and so just, uh, I've found that opening up with friends, you know, uh, talking about things that I don't really want to talk about, being vulnerable, uh, is an incredible way, uh, that I can heal during those dark moments. And so I think we all get in those, you know, periods of time, especially with winter creeping up here. I think a lot of people go into the slums during winter. And, and so just know that it's, it's not over. God's not done with you yet. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been wonderful. I've really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Mission Show. I just felt like for many, many years that I was absolutely out there on my own because I knew that God was doing something in my heart. And and to be honest with you, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, you know, I'd been commissioned and ordained to start a, a fresh work here in Port St. Lucie. But knowing that in my heart uh, that something wasn't sitting right with the traditional church paradigm and uh, not really having the answers, but beginning to probe and search and pray and read the Bible. And uh, man, there was many times where I just felt like when I would share some concerns that I had or some, you know, some ideas that I have, I, I would like talk to a lot of pastor friends of mine. And I mean, they would look at me like I had a third eyeball, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, that accurately depicts my situation there for a long time. So during that time, is that when you came in contact with uh, with Troy Cooper and some of the people who are connected with him? Oh, yeah, that that's actually a great story um, because that's one of the things I had a heart for. I, I always knew that I wanted to see my community as a mission field. I didn't want to see it as a possible congregation or you know, it's a mission field. Uh, but again, not knowing really what that meant or to approach that. And one day I was having breakfast with a couple of uh, pastor friends of mine and they said, and Troy's name came up and he said, oh yeah, he's a, he's a missionary to Martin County. Hmm. And I'm like, a missionary to Martin County? <laughs> What's that look like? I, and he's like, oh, you got to talk to him. And so they put me in contact with Troy, and and we had uh, uh, breakfast, and um, just really hit it off. And he drew out, you know, four fields, and gave me some of the the basic understandings of, of some of the methodologies of a church planting movement on a napkin. And uh, and I just remember looking at the napkin and going, "Wow, you know, that's it. That's it." And uh, I would, you know, like I said, I was pretty much in the traditional church paradigm at the time. And, um, you know, just realizing that I needed to begin to make some changes immediately. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Mission Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this, along with show notes, by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes. Audio editing was provided by Jeff Butterworth of Sound Paradigm Studio. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.